When it's all said and done. When the pads are all packed up. The refs have packed away the whistles. And the parking lots are empty. One show with three obsessive fans still want to have their say. And because this is Triple M, and because we really don't give a rat, we say, why the hell not? Rugby League. Please welcome AH, Chris and Rose. We are in for something special tonight. This is the back row. Footy from the cheap seats on Triple M. Well, that's the end of the big father and son cat fight. <laughs> I don't think there'll be any hundreds and thousands on Nathan's ice cream tonight from Father Ivan as the Penrith Panthers have prevailed over the West Tigers. Mm. 28 points to 14. As always, huge thanks to the Trillium Call team, headed up by Dan Ganane, supported by Bill Harrigan, Gordon Tallis, Ryan Girdler, and on the sideline, the great Brent Reed. This is the back row. Clearly, I'm Chris. I'm here with Rose. Hello. How are you, buddy? Good, thanks. How are you? Good. We're just footy fans talking footy in 2017, but we wish we were talking footy in 1987. <laughs> yes, it's the Fox construct. It's retro round. Mm. Last week, we weren't joined by the great A.H. Cayley, who was on assignment in Fiji. That's right. And she's unwell this week. She says it's the stress of trying to sell the concept of a Dragon Steelers in Paradise game. Mm, it's tough. Causing her to come down with a tropical fever. But in fact, I think it was the fact that, like many Dragons fans, her blood ran cold in the last 10 minutes <laughs> against the Rabbits on Friday night. <laughs> and she's come down with the dreaded flu. Brutal. A.H., we're still missing you. Now, Andrew Rose. Yes, sir. You like to tackle all the big questions in relation to the 1980s being retro round. Of course. Of course. Is it pronounced dynasty or dynasty? <laughs> I don't know. The, uh, you're asking me seriously because I do not know. I think it's dynasty in this generation, All isn't right. it? That proves that you are a true Australian, <laughs> even if you do occasionally tip against your own team. <laughs> Tonight we're going to be talking about the return of wet, wet footy with the dogs and the eels out there at a very, very wet home bush on Thursday night. My most famous segment. And if we're talking about the 80s, we'd ask at that game, what's happened to the mud? Yeah. Uh, we're also going to have a heat check on how the hate manly campaign is going. Look at the new burgeoning rivalry between the Cronulla Sharks and the Canberra Raiders. Mm. All the regular features. The back wrap. Yes. Just the tip. All right. Back row of the week. Sexy. But we'll be back in a moment with the big dog story in rugby league this week. No flipping. The back row on Triple M. Rock. Enroll. <laughs> Welcome back. Triple M 104.9 FM. We are the back row. I'm Chris Gale. You are? Andrew Rose. You've got it right. One out of one. I hate saying my name like that. I tell you what, it just lifts the spirits to he hear Akadaka of a Sunday night, doesn't it? Uh, it makes you feel like you're right at home, Chris Gale. Whoever coined the term, coined the term, coined the term <laughs> American thighs is a genius. And American thighs. Better at the language than I am. Now, look, Rose, I know you'll be aware there's been a lot of controversy in the Murdoch press this week. The Daily Telegraph has chosen to cover a huge controversial story involving dogs and rugby league. That's right, Chris. And, of course, it's the story run by Buzz Rothfield this morning about mm. the fact that Russell Crowe was unable to get into Mascot Oval. <laughs> I think it was yesterday because he brought his puppy along. Can, can I walk you through the story? Russ and a pup, I think, was the front cover. As Buzz so beautifully puts it, and more eloquently than I did when I was trying to say coined the term, mm -hmm. uh, he may have poured millions of dollars saving the Rabbitohs, but it doesn't guarantee Hollywood actor Russell Crowe any favours at his local suburban footy ground. Right. This is actually a week, one weekend ago. Mm -hmm. Rusty was refused entry to Mascot Over last weekend when he turned up to watch South's juniors play footy with 
K-Blue. Do you know who K-Blue is? A uh, mate of his. Or K-Blue? Maybe uh, it's K-Blue. Personal assistant, maybe? It's a Blue Heeler pup. Oh, right. It's a pup that normally stays up on Rusty's Coffs Harbour farm. Of course. Unlike Luke Keery, of course, formerly from the South Sydney Rabbitohs, <laughs> who was unceremoni- unceremoniously removed. <laughs> it turned out that a female official turned Rusty away, apparently oblivious to who she was kicking out. I mean, didn't she recognise the puppy? I mean, everyone knows K-Blue. <laughs> I understand her not recognising Russell Crowe. I couldn't pick him out of a police lineup. No, no, he's an average man. I haven't seen any of his films. <laughs> but, I mean, everybody knows that little, beautiful blue healer. He's yeah. so cute and adorable. Yeah. Well, so is there rules? You can't, get, you can't take dogs into the ground? Well, apparently Mascot Oval is a dog-free zone, so oh. everyone um, take note. Right. However, it didn't stop another dog owner walking straight up with a poodle and going straight through. Why? And saying, I'm the team mascot here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and there were Rottweilers and Dobermans and it's... Bulldogs, all sorts of dogs getting through, all on the mascot defence. Chris, I, I call dog discrimination. Here's where it gets a little unusual. <laughs> Thank you, Felix. <laughs> Here's where it gets a little unusual. <laughs> Russell confirmed that he was refused entry. Right. But a friend came up and said, look, Russell, I'll look after the dog because I know you love your football. And right. Russell was concerned about, you know, leaving the dog in the car. Well, that's, that's, that's a valid concern. You shouldn't be leaving dogs in cars, even if you are Russie Crow. <laughs> he said, the pup is just a bit young to be left by himself in a car. Right. I prefer my upholstery without bite marks. Oh, well, that's a valid claim. So what you're <laughs> that's saying that's is... I prefer my neck as well, by did, the way, but anyway. <laughs> did Rusty know this guy that looked after his dog? Yes, he was a friend. He was a mate. So he wasn't just some random that goes, love your movies, let me watch your pup while you go get entertained. You wouldn't leave your dog with a random. Though I think all Australians would step up to the plate and offer to look after Oscar in a Russell Crowe's dog if it meant that he could get in to watch some football. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And maybe a cameo in his next film. Okay. Now, <laughs> in terms of the dog being not allowed in, he said, besides he's a blues healer, shouldn't that be revered in this state, especially in league circles after, you know, the cattle dog and all that sort of yep. Tommy Rodonica stuff? And, and this is where Russell is a thinker. He says, <laughs> that might be, and that might explain the, the woes of the New South Wales Origin Blues. Right. You can't get a blue healer into a footy game in Redfern or Mascot. <laughs> no wonder we're in trouble. You're listening to The Back Row. We'll see you soon. My honeymoon with rugby league will never be over. That's true. Welcome back to The Back Row. I'm Chris. He's Rose. AH is still recovering from the fact that the St. George Illawarra Dragon Steelers are officially frozen out of the top eight as we sit here on a Sunday evening. Yeah, I think she's caught Fiji fever. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> she's a really a shivering. Speaking of shivering, Rose, you were out there working the Bulldogs-Eels game at Homebush on Thursday night. How was it? Oh, look, Chris, unfortunately I was working the Thursday night game against the Dogs and Eels. But, you know, the most important thing about that game, regardless of result, was that uh, it gave me the opportunity to bring back my most popular and revered segment, Wet Wet Footy. It's raining Okay. Yeah, here we go. Uh, no? Don't like the theme song? I don't know, from ACDC to <laughs> the Weather Girls. It's a bit of a leap, but I think we can do it. Look, I was thinking about something a little bit more somber this week, like Travis, why does it always rain on me? Because look, the dogs are cooked, right? We're, we're pretty much, I think that mathematically puts us out for the season. Uh, very uncreative performance by the dogs. It looks like we uh, didn't even want to step onto that field. 
uh, and perform. But kudos to the Eels for doing a good performance as well. Uh, wet, wet footy, though. But everything looks slow for the dogs at the moment. It does. Can't you sort of lift the beats per minute in your DJing out there, give them something with a bit of pep, a I bit can, of zip? Look, I can try, but it's like anything. If a team's losing that bad, it doesn't matter what song I play. The crowd are just not behind it, and neither are the players. Yeah, but you're playing that old Enigma thing with those, yeah, those, those Gregorian monk chants. Yes. That's really slowing down the speed of you, the play. You're right. I should stop playing post-rock and Gregorian <laughs> monk, monk chants. Exactly it's really, right. It's really bringing everyone down at the stadium, except for that anyway, one It's just guy. an idea. It's just an idea. <laughs> Look, uh, you know, the, rain was, uh, the rain was belting down, and I've got to ask, why does it always rain on me? It seems every time I work for the dogs, I'm getting rained on. There was a couple of times I had to cover my laptop and all my technology, so nothing got destroyed. But look, the most interesting thing out of that game for me was what went down after the game, right? I mean, we can write off the dog season, but there was a certain person who decided to take it upon themselves to walk into the Bulldogs dressing room after the game uh-huh. and tell one David Clemmer exactly how he can perform better on the field. It, it wasn't Frank Pritchard, was it, after <laughs> after uh, apparently Clemmer offered to bite his face off during the game? <laughs> Didn't they laugh that off? <laughs> That's just how you say hello at the Bulldogs. It wasn't you, was it? <laughs> Being the Bulldogs GJ with opinions. I'll tell you who it could have been, a 38-year-old a 38-year-old Paul Ayun uh-huh. was the guy who was caught walking into the Bulldogs uh, dressing room and telling David Clement to learn how to offload. Now, Chris, there's a photo of the guy. He's a very handsome man. No, look at that smarmy, I'm right and you're wrong face he's got on him with his arms crossed and his CrossFit fitness shirt on. Bulldogs fan. Oh, uh, look, this guy annoyed me this week because you, I don't, you do not overstep your line as a fan. If you get the opportunity to be in a dressing room with a team like the Dogs, you don't walk up to David Clemmer and tell him to offload better. Clemmer had the good response of, well, it was pretty wet out there, which is a fair call. It was wet, wet <laughs> footy. You've you got to protect the ball. But this is interesting to me because we talk about the modern era with social media and all the engagement sure. that it feels like the fans know the players are part of it. Is it so chaotic at a dog central you can just walk in into the dressing room unannounced now? I don't know. I, I seem to be getting away with a lot <laughs> being part of the Bulldogs. So I, I think if you just walk in and say, yeah, I'm supposed to be here. Yes, there is a system, but he must know someone or something to get an opportunity to just walk into that dressing room. I did like, my favourite bit about it was, I will pay Mr. Ayu in this, is that when uh, Clem walked away, he was visibly annoyed. And as he walked past the guy later on, uh, Clem said, why don't you learn how to keep your opinions to yourself? And and, Good and, point. The, and the random responded with, why don't you learn how to offload? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so this fan seems to be uh, a football uh, genius and also very, very stupid from what I can tell. What? Very, very brave. I don't know exactly why he's angry because Clem is not known uh, you know, as an offload guy, and especially in the wet. Maybe he was missing the, the, the mud that used to be. Speaking of retro round, Chris Gale. Well, this is, again, one of the things about modern rugby league that I think has let us down. Yeah. As a kid, playing footy, as a fan, if it was pouring down, the compensation was that you couldn't recognise any of the players because their jerseys were just absolutely covered in mud (laughs) and the whole thing was a free-for-all. It was good if you were, you know, uh, trying to work out who was going to win or lose and just have changing allegiances every five minutes. (laughs) I I love the fact that you used to be able to see, swim around, slip and slide in the mud. That was 80s football. Yeah. Uh, now with this modern technology drainage, it's yeah. like they're like billiard tables. Yeah. You know, there's, there's there's not a speck of dust. I think it's actually artificial turf out there right. in now, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And there's there's just a myriad of draining systems underneath that grass that we don't we aren't even aware of. So are you and I in agreement? If there's one thing that we want to bring back from the '80s as far as rugby league is concerned, it's mud. I think it's I think it goes broader than that. I think festivals need to bring back the mud as well. Remember being caught in a festival without your your out your Wellingtons? That was good days. Many years ago, the Beach Boys played out at the Sydney Show ground in the mud and that's a beautiful image isn't it the beach boys in the mud it's like an english beach we'd love to know what the listeners uh, would
would like to see brought back from the 80s apart from the mud or what sort of mud would they like brought back? Yeah, you know, yeah. What sort of consistency in the soil? Should it be from Australia? Should they import mm, it? I like this. What kind of, what's missing from Retro Round? What's missing from Retro Round? Bring back the 80s. One triple three five three. You're listening to The Back Row, Triple M. You're on The Back Row. We've got Mark from Botany on the line. Mark, first of all, can I ask, did you try to get into that game at Mascot Oval with Russell Crowe last week? <laughs> no way. Ah. You, you were the guy watching his dog, I bet. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm worth you. I don't go for south. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you want brought back from the 80s, Mark? I want the leather ball in oh. the mud. Ooh, that's good, the leather ball. I mean, when and it was... I, I, want, you I go. want them to kick for goal with it. Oh, okay, you want the whole nine yards. Yeah, in the wet. In the wet, a wet leather ball. So, Mark, could we take your idea and add the toe poke to it? Yeah, yeah, it's got to be, and I want them to see if they can do a 40-20 with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think you're a purist and a visionary, and we hope the 80s is brought back for you with the leather ball. Thanks, Mark. I Cheers. Mean, thanks, Mark. Thank Hi, we got Michael from Cronulla, but I believe you're driving back from Goulburn, Michael. Correct, mate, I am. Oof. Have you been down there consulting with the Canberra Raiders how they could possibly get into the eight? <laughs> Motorbikes at the uh, St George State Titles for the weekend. Very oh, nice. nice. What do you want to see brought back from the 80s? Um, I have fond memories of Gavin Miller running out in the Cronulla Sharks change room with liniment poured all over his body. Oh. Just that smell of the eucalyptus oh. and the Vaseline on the eyebrow. Oh. James Graham's done a little bit of the Vaseline treatment, hasn't he? He's a bit of a throwback. Yeah, 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 he does it. Yeah, 100%. Right. That, the old liniment smell out of the change room does beautiful. I agree. We make it mandatory. Every player should smell right. like eucalyptus or they don't go on the field. I, I just want Gavin 100%. Miller back full stop, Michael. <laughs> Thanks for your call, mate. Thanks, Mikey. Thanks, lad. Cheers. Who's next? Tomo from Redfern, how are you, mate? I'm good. How are you? Good. What do you want brought back from the 80s? I want the Cumberland throw. Oh, hang on. Okay. <laughs> hang on. <laughs> can you explain the Cumberland throw? So for, those for, that, for those who can remember, which I certainly do, it was a sort of form of spear tackle that was perfected out in the west of Sydney. <laughs> oh, I can see that coming and, back. And uh, the rugby league has worked very hard over the last 40 years to outlim- eliminate this dangerous practice. Why do you want it brought back, Tomo? <laughs> Chris, Chris, come on. You know, you know as well as I do, as a... Rugby league aficionado that the Cumberland throw, it's not so much these days a trip as it is a throw. Right. <laughs> and and when and when performed on the hollow grounds of Parramatta Stadium or the old King's Hoval or anywhere in the Cumberland region, you you know it as well as I do that Ray Price is a god of the eighties. <laughs> And, I feel like he does this com- speech to the, the mirror every morning. <laughs> like this, he and, gets and up and com- says this. You're moving no me, Tomo, one. but can I ask you one question? Were you there at Cumberland Over when they burned down the grandstands after the Eels won in 81? I certainly was. I figured as much. <laughs> Great. Thanks for your call, mate. We'll I, I see you soon. I certainly was. Cheers, Tomo. Thanks, buddy. Triple M's back row. AH unwell this week. I think a bit of Fiji fever after looking after uh, scouting for the uh, Dragons last week. Uh, my good friend Jake, uh, formerly of the Bulldogs, uh, wrote in during the break saying, listen, the back row currently, no form of beats will save how bad the dogs are playing. I can't I can't disagree with him That's there. That's true, but gee, we're a skinny bench without AH, aren't we? We are. Well, I don't know about that. You and I don't <laughs> seem that skinny. <laughs> I just don't know how we're going to go in the last 20 minutes of this particular fixture, but we'll see. I think we're going to pull through, and I think we're going to do it with some of our classic segments, and here comes one right now. It's Chris Gale's Back Wrap. 
Thank you very much, Andrew Rose. You're welcome. Great to be back with the back wrap of round 22. I think what we can now see or say is the most desired grand final matchup this year will be the Storms versus the Storms. Because <laughs> they're the only team that's going to beat them. I think that's pretty clear. Well, you, you guys all made certain noises last at the beginning of the season when I said the Storm are going to win it. I think you were just not happy with that reality. Didn't I just make noises of agreement? No, I tipped Penrith, didn't uh, I? That's did. right. Mm. Now, as we've already talked about, Parramatta opened up with a 20 points to four victory over Canterbury in the big wet. Moving on. Well, yes, well, I don't want to move on without <laughs> uh, referring to the fact that uh, young Alvaro was able to get his way through the entire front row of Canterbury to score that first try, being Graham Tolman and Moses Mbai. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Moses, Mitchell Moses was the puppet master out there, <laughs> just directing the Canterbury players this way and that way. And it led uh, the eighth immortal Joey Johns to say, there is no science in the way the Bulldogs are playing right now. Ah, Joey, he's just been hard on us. And this is from the team coached by the mad scientists. Uh, it's strange, isn't it? He's got it? a point, though. Heart-stopping victory. South Sydney, 26 points over 24 over the hapless Dragons Steelers. Now, Mary McGregor should be sending his players videos of how to win when you're up by 10 points with 10 minutes to go mm. rather than sending in videos to the NRL of 10 extra mistakes the referees <laughs> made against Newcastle, which, funnily enough, resulted in a $10,000 fine for Mary. Oh, what a surprise. More drama for Josh Dugan in a drama-filled last few months. Dugs. One of the words you don't want to hear in the English language is syndesmosis, and he's <laughs> got an ankle injury. And despite uh, South's great Spud Carroll pointing out that the Burgess brothers might be carrying around a bit of extra beef, mm. and despite Sam being carried into the sin bin for 10 minutes, South were able to prevail and included a fantastic debut by 19-year-old Wombat. Uh, sorry, I'll read that again. <laughs> 19-year-old Coogee Wombat, Campbell Graham. With a great 175 metres. I'm telling you, dogs, wombats, this is a sport for all. It's madness. Uh, Melbourne, of course, comfortable winners over the North Queensland Cowboys. Can they be stopped? I don't think they can. They're just riding high. I mean, Billy uh, Slater spoke, smoke, mm, smoked the peace pipe with C.O. Soliola this week <laughs> okay. about the late tackle. And seriously, smoking's bad for your health, Billy. What are you doing? Okay. Forget about the head highs. And Cameron Smith riding high on now there's a lot of talk that he might be the best player ever. Okay, maybe not. So he came off after 53 minutes. <laughs> I'm telling you, the NRL competition is now like Westworld. It is. It's a, <laughs> it's a dystopian science fiction future where the world is being dominated by robots, i.e. the Melbourne Storms. <laughs> yes. And no one else is getting a look in. Ooh. And North Queensland suffered the big three. Cooper, Winterstein and Bolton suffered the big three of injuries. The calf, the groin and the elbow. No wonder they didn't win. Would the Cowboys be the team with the worst injuries this year? They've had a tough run. Oh, really well, tough. You lose JT. I you, mean, that's like 40% of your salary cap right there. It's like losing GI. It is like losing GI. <laughs> now, speaking of Joey, he's very, very upbeat. He's saying Newcastle for the finals in 2018. Oh, get out of it, Joey. As the Warriors, sorry, as the Newcastle Knights defeated the New Zealand Warriors 28 points to 10, that's back-to-back wins for Newcastle, which, funnily enough, being retro round, is the first time that Newcastle have won two games since the 1980s. <laughs> nice time. Uh, the victory was tempered by sweet-smelling Chanel Matadia's trip. Mm. He's on report. Oops. And, of course, a very nasty uh, errant knee from Blake Ashford into the Ross Dog, which has possibly put a bit of a crack in his back, and we really wish him all the best. Mm. It's been a pretty bad week for dogs all around, hasn't crack it? Crack in his back. <laughs> Uh, Coach Carney said to the Warriors, some of the guys were trying out there, some of them weren't. That's what every fan wants to hear, an accurate assessment of their team going south quickly. (laughs) None of our boys were. (laughs) I think we should just draw a 
discreet curtain over the 54 to blot victory of Big Brother Bronco over Baby Titan. I mean, who cares? It's Queensland. Exactly. Yep. But good news for Saints fans is Ben Hunt has slipped into the number nine jersey and was good for three tries and three try assists. Yep. And he might be actually good money spent there for St. George next year. Until he drops his meal again. And I just want to be able to say... Oh, God. Tavada Pengai Jr. because he was channeling Benji Marshall out there with a gorgeous flick pass leading to one of those tries. Now, we're going to explore the Canberra-Cronulla stoush in great detail later in this show, Rose. That's right. 30 points to 12 for the Raiders over the Sharks. And uh, the core of their rivalry, which we're going to look at, is around Josh Papali and Paul Gallen. Yeah. Josh Papali gets put in the sin bin. Paul Gallen responds by head-highing someone. (laughs) Putting camera up by 14 points, and uh, that was uh, all she wrote. That's what we were missing at Origin. Now, today in the sunshine, the 2 o'clock fixture, which people might have argued should have been the 4 o'clock fixture. I completely agree. So Manly pile on 32 unanswered points. Go the Manly boys. Against the Sydney Roosters. The Trebojevic Express was out of the station and flying like it was a bullet train in Japan. I tell you what, I was leaving today to come to the show and my girlfriend Zoe looked very smug about the Roosters. Uh, What's up, Zoe? Go the Manly boys. And to pile misery on for the Roosters, the unsmiling Daniel Tupu was certainly not smiling now (laughs) as he pulled his groin while he was out running in fresh air without anyone near him. And let's face it, we've all done that at some stage. Two Purdy's pants. And then, yes, uh, finally, as we've discussed earlier, the Penrith Panthers now are into the eight. Good not on them. Not only was it father versus son, Cleary versus Cleary, it yep. was Wateen Zalesniak versus Wateen Zalesniak. <laughs> Dallin got the chocolates, and there were 100 Wateen Zalesniaks wow. in the crowd. That's a lot of Wateen Zalesniaks. <laughs> that oh, is. is that Wateen Zalesniai? I don't know what the plural is. And I'm not a bitter West Tigers fan, but no. I'm telling you, Gavin Badger and his 300th game blew his whistle 300 times, and a lot of it wasn't necessary. <laughs> back to the back row. Back to the back row. And we really are sitting in the cheap seats, aren't we, Rose? Here we are on the back row. Well, yeah, we're in a different studio to what we normally are because it's just mayhem at Triple M tonight. They're changing over something I do not understand for the first time in 17 years. There's all these important people running around doing important things, and here we are sitting in a little room talking for They're just changing over the colour of the post-it notes. Ah, okay, okay. I do like this studio, though. No one panic. No one panic. You get a view of outside down here. You can watch all the people getting ejected from the pubs on George Street. Felix, our panel operator, immediately looked blindly panicked, and he's uh, (laughs) he's in control of the dials of our studio, but what we've done is we've hopped in the TARDIS, we've set the year for 1985, <laughs> and we're sitting here decked out with mullets, shoulder pads, and non-manscaped Malmaninger eyebrows. It's the power of love! It's retro round, baby. <laughs> now, AH is down for the count, as we've pointed out, but she's home watching one of her favourite home videos. It is the best of the Steelers in the 1980s. Oh, it'll be a short one. It's a DVD with one disc only. <laughs> it's no box set, I can tell you. <laughs> And again, Andrew Rose, you've been addressing the big questions from the 80s. So here you go. Are you Space Invaders, Galactians, or Galaga? Oh, good. That's a good question. Uh, Space Invaders is the classic, but I want to go Galaga. Yeah. We are asking Thank the listeners to call in about uh, what they want brought back from the 80s, and they can certainly put video games into the discussion. Yep. We'd like to hear your opinions on one triple three five three. Coming up in this hour, we are investigating the newest rivalry in rugby league, Sharks v Raiders. Mm-hmm. We're going to return to the topic we investigated last week, as was prompted by James Graham, and we're going to ask our refs people to... to? <laughs> the reffening. Coming up soon. <laughs> just the tip. Back row of the week. And just reminding everyone, we have a podcast extra. If you podcast as we put up a little special feature mm. that you can get by no later than tomorrow. A juicy morsel. Anyway, ignore what Michael Jackson said. Don't beat it and keep listening. You're on the back row, oh, Triple no. M. I'm a real wild one. You're listening to the back row. 
Uh, you're here with Chris and Rose. We're wishing that it was the 1981 Jets versus Seagulls brawl that could go on forever. <laughs> We've got Tomo back from Redfern. The 80s is just calling you, Tomo. What else do you want brought back, mate? Chris, fire up. I'd love hypercolour and tube skirts. Ooh, hypercolour and tube skirts. And on you, the players? One, one, one for the boys, one for the girls. <laughs> and, 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 one, and one for everybody in between, obviously. And where would you be? Would you be for the hypercolour for yourself or the tube skirt, Tomo? No, I used to love the blue light disco and the tube skirts. I don't, I don't know if you could get away with the hypercolour in rugby league this year. I think the twenty, uh, the Big Bash League has that all tied up. Don't they? They own the rights to hypercolour now? Well, well, not only that, it hasn't rained, mate. So what's the point of... What's the Point of running out in uh, hypercolor. Yeah, no like mud, no hypercolor. You're not going to get wet. I agree. More high vis. We're going to work on all yeah. these ideas for you, Tomo. Yeah, Thanks very much, maybe, mate. But maybe run out in a tube skirt. Yeah, no, I'd do it. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, Tomo. And I believe we've got JR from Bondi. How are you, JR? I'm depressed. Oh, well, that, that's because you live in Bondi, right? You, you realize this is not one of these places you can ring up and request a romantic love song, right? What, <laughs> we'll, we'll try and deal with your issue. Tell us, the listeners, what's your issue? My issue, my issue, I just watched the Roosters Manly game. That's my issue. And um, what happened? We got brutalised. Oh. We got, got brutalised. We got pounded. We got smacked backwards. They just made ground at will. We made mistakes. We lost Tupo probably for at least till the finals. We just got pounded. And is there someone with you, JR? Because you don't sound that good. Is, is everything okay down there? Oh, I've got I've got Peter with me, but he slept through half the game. But he was <laughs> the other half of the game. He was in the room talking to somebody. That he was texting. That he made himself a cup of hot tea. That he fell asleep again. That he went for a wander around the house. He was like, he was involved in the game. And we appreciate you calling in, but of course we were asking listeners what they wanted brought back from the eighties, and I yeah. don't think it was your mood. Uh, Anything you'd like to be brought back from the nineteen eighties? I was thinking about what I should bring back from the eighties. Yeah, bring back my hair. <laughs> bring, hey. bring back my sex drive. Uh, <laughs> Uh, We're not miracle workers. <laughs> Thanks for your call, JR. I don't know, Chris. It sounds like you know this, JR. I, I've never met the guy I don't before. Know. I want to hear his five-year plan for all NBA teams. <laughs> you're on the back row. Triple M. Yeah. You're with Chris and Rose. G'day, Chris. AH is already halfway through that Best of Steelers in the 80s DVD. That's <laughs> <laughs> running out of content quickly. And I think we're having fun reflecting on the fact that retro round this year, the Fox League construct is focused on the 1980s. Oh, i got to say, though, the 8-bit version of their theme that they were playing last night, oh, a bit rough. Didn't work for you? A bit rough. Can I say in relation to the 80s, Mr. Greenberg, tear down that salary cap wall. <laughs> or something like that. Now, I am not a crook. Yes. Now, uh, we can report in that uh, listener JR is uh, doing better now that he's expressed his frustration and disappointment about the Roosters going down 36 to 18 to the Manly Seagulls today. Yeah, and Peter's there to look after him. He'll be fine. But you stormed in outraged about a try that occurred earlier in the game where DCE was unceremoniously stripped on his own try line. Yeah, so uh, the DCE caught the ball, oh, look, like centimetres away from his foot being in the end goal area in a 20-metre restart. So, look, in the replay, yes, he wasn't in the end goal area when he caught it. He jumped from uh, infield, which is fine. Play on. He comes out through the end goal area, cops ahead high for his troubles off the first guy who falls straight off him. Then two guys go to tackle DCE, right? So the first guy comes in, makes contact with DCE. The moment... His contact ends. There's a second man into the tackle. Two-man tackle. It's a two-man tackle, right? And then the first man drops off the tackle. The second man rakes the ball and on the one-meter line and puts the ball over the line and it's called a try. They go to the they bunker. They call that a try. 
No, he well, he went to the bunker and called it. I think it's a try. Uh-huh. And the bunker went. No, oh, we have sufficient evidence. Have a decision going to the board. God, those processes. Oh, so stupid. Now look, this this almost exact thing happened. <laughs> Sounds like Bernie's back in the bunker from what you're saying. <laughs> the almost exact thing happened last week, where someone was in a got got stripped in a one on one tackle, but there was two men in the tackle, and the first men dropped off the tackle, and they made the call that if there's two men in the beginning of the tackle, it doesn't matter if one man drops off, it's still a two man tackle because it was initiated as a two man tackle. Correct. Now, Rose. Now, Chris. Yeah. Are you asking for consistency in refereeing? Oh, God forbid we get a bit of consistency in the in the refereeing in this country. Look, you're dreaming, and as we'll establish later, referees are people too. Oh. But, but you were saying to me off air that you were kind of wondering why people still hate Manly, why we're trying to revive this hate Manly campaign. Oh, like, what's the point? Manly. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> where, where is that guy? That I never guy, know where he is. He just hates Manly, that yeah, guy. Apparently. He does. Uh, look, I understand why we originally hated Manly. I understand the history and stuff. Fibro, silver tails, that sort of deal? Sure. And also, you know, from my generation, the, the merging of, of the Bears and Manly as well. was it was Ridiculous a, idea. It was a tough one for Wouldn't have worked in the 80s, let alone in the (laughs) 2000s. Only if they're wearing high-vis. But, uh, look, I'm a little confused as to why um, Manly is still the team we hate as much as we do now. Well, I don't think we do. Oh, I, I, I really respect the fact that we're trying to bring back the classic hate of Manly, but there are some points that I watch rugby league games with Manly and go, I can think of at least three teams that I hate more than Manly. One of them playing Manly right now, the Roosters. I mean, why do, why do we still uh, point at Manly as the one we dislike? Because they are the 21st century version of Wall Street. Wall Street. They've got all the money. They've got all the Nick Politis. They are the 1%. Palava and Exactly. <laughs> the manly 1%. So, is- so they've kind of, you know, the, the, Manly's been blindsided by the Roosters locally. Mm. And, of course, when the competition went national, you brought in teams for Sydney siders that are easy to hate, a la the Broncos. Right, sure. Right, you know, all that origin angst. The storms. And let me tell you, 11 out of 13 or 12 out of 13 origins builds a lot of angst, right? It does, it does. And then the storms, because that just seems like a cynical exercise in mm. taking our game to an audience who doesn't want it. And I've established that basically the Broncos, sorry, the storms crowd are paid actors. Right, you do. <laughs> This, this comes out of the NRL slush fund that David Smith, you know, the $50 million war chest to retain talent. Well, you never saw Falau came back. Hayne came back of his own accord. Sonny Bill Williams is only coming back for a boxing match against Gal. That money is paying people to go to Storms games every week to create the illusion that people are interested in rugby league in Melbourne. Right. So they're easy to hate. So it's like that last scene in the third Matrix film where there's all those Agent Smiths either side of, of, of Keanu and Agent Smith fighting. In reality, it was just an actor every 10th person. Person, and Correct. they were just all puppets, and he'd move all the heads left to right. So you're saying in the stadium there in uh, in in uh, Melbourne, there's like one guy for every ten fan, and the rest are just mannequins dressed in Storms jerseys, looking left and right with a button you press that goes, "Get him on side, ref!" It's, every ten minutes, <laughs> and that one Storms. Joke of a fan who clangs that cowbell still. Oh, what's he going to do all? with storms? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it's a whole CGI thon down there. What on a storm siren? Like a, like a hurricane. <laughs> yeah, something like that. That would be rugby league. But this is why Manly has installed us to revive the hate campaign because it is their mojo. Yeah. You know, it's the mojo the Bozo used to have for them. <laughs> the mojo and, and Bozo. And they have learned and from the greats that you really need and we have to find a new villain because there's not enough with Bozo for people to hate Manly. Because look at, look at the AFL, and I hate looking at the AFL. Oh, I hate it. But when they nationalised... When they became an Australia-wide competition, everybody still hates Collingwood. Right. Why? Because Collingwood has a villain. Who's that villain? Eddie Maguire. Exactly. (laughs) 
So we need to find Manly's Eddie Maguire. You're on the back row. You're on the back row with Chris and Rose. That's Lincoln Park, Rose. Bit yeah. of a sad moment, really. Shout out to Chester Bennington. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. a good band, man. Yeah. Hybrid Theory was a great album in my teenage years. I listened to it a lot. That's later than the 80s, correct? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was born in the 80s. Let me tell you, you, you are on the back row, and we feel that we're as exciting as Parramatta's four points to two win over the Bulldogs in the 86 grand final. Weren't they great? Why are people nostalgic for those times? <laughs> four points to two. How thrilling it's that like must have been. like an origin one score. <laughs> the game actually ended with Canterbury trying to burrow over from one, t- you know, from the dummy half, and they just sort of collapsed half a metre short of the line, and the referee said, for God's sake, it's over, fellas. <laughs> but I think... We need to look forward. I mean, all this looking backwards, all this retro stuff, we yep. always need to look forward. Yep. Why not look forward one week to the next round? It feels like a return of our regular segment, Just the Tip. Now on Triple M's back row. Just the Tip. Whoa! Just the Tip. Oh, please, Just the Tip. Just the Tip. Bobbity boo, ladies and gentlemen. We're back for another round of tipping, and I'll tell you what, I'm running out of these intros. Can't you tip like I do? Yep, that's a song from the 90s that only I've heard of. That's how bad these intros are getting. Couldn't get anything from the 80s. Not a donut. Oh, come on, come on. Give me one from the 80s then, Chris. It rhymes with tip. I go 70s, I give you a tiptoe through the tulips oh, tipping. That's, but That's you know. not bad. So we're getting there. We're circling. We're working on it. Okay, uh, we have... Do you want to do the scores first? Do you want yeah, to do the scores? Why not? Hurt me. Hurt me. Okay. Uh, in oh, actually, actually, no, no, no. Let's do let's do the rounds first. Let's do the rounds first. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> Thursday night, ANZ Stadium. It's the Rabbits versus the Doggies. Every game in round twenty three has a bearing on the top eight, except this one, Rabbits. Ooh. Okay. The AH has also gone for the Rabbits. I will also pick the Rabbits. Woof. Woof. Uh, Friday night, ANZ Stadium as well. It's the Eels versus the Knights. I think I'm correct in saying that the Parramatta Eels have won six in a row. Still can't get a jersey sponsor. That doesn't upset me. I just love seeing Para. It's pretty good, hey. Written across the front of their jersey. And they will make it seven in a row, despite all power to the resurgent Knights. You don't think the Knights are going to go back to back to back? No, I don't. I don't lie, Rose. I tell you what I think. Yeah, that's true. AH has also gone the Eels. The second game on Friday night at Suncorp Stadium. It's the Broncos versus the Sharky Boys. What's AH think about this? She has picked the Broncos. Felix has gone for the Sharky Boys. That's because that's it's about the one thing about rugby league he's learned from us. I, I think he just likes yelling, go the Sharky Boys. Go the Sharky Boys. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is a really, really tough one. But Wayne Bennett, I mean, he was almost smiling on the back of the 54 points to block victory of the Gold Coast last night. Yep. I think he's smiling because he knows something. Broncos. Ooh, AH has also got the Broncos and I as well will go the Broncos. Triple header on Saturday. University of Wollongong Jubilee Oval we you start You Jubilee. You owl Jubilee. Wow. Uh, the Dragons versus the Titans at you owl. <laughs> if this was a fight they'd stop it for both sides. <laughs> but seriously the Dragons have something to play for. Surely they prevail on this occasion. Yeah. uh, Look, I can't back the Titans after their performance this week. That was just an absolute trouncing. So I'm going to have to back the Dragons, as is AH. Uh, The second game on Saturday at Amy Park. It's the Storms versus the Ruizsters. Where was AH on this one? AH has gone the Storms. Interesting. It's a tough game to call that one. I mean, that to me at the moment is the current grand final. 
Is that right? As I said, I've told you the current grand final is the Storms versus the Storms. Well, yes, if they can't legally allow that to happen, then it's going to be Storms versus someone. It's got to be the Roosters, right? Look, the Roosters are heading down to Westworld. Their fle- feathers are getting plucked. <laughs> You're picking the Storms? I am picking the Storms. We are all picking the Storms. The final game on Saturday at Pepper Stadium, it's the Panthers versus the Cowboys. Again, another intriguing matchup. The Cowboys have hit a bit of a road bump, which I guess everyone thought would happen eventually with the absence of JT. Mm-hmm. Really a sickening in- sickening injury list. <laughs> oh, it's a sickening injury list. And I think Tamari Martin uh, for the Penrith Panthers has also joined it from the Penrith side. But on the balance, I just think there is momentum. And can I yet say again that Coach Hook will build another story on the high-rise. Penrith Panthers to win. AH has also picked the Panthers. I'm sick of picking what you guys are picking. I'm picking the Cowboys there. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, we go two games, starting at Mount Smart Stadium over at NZ. It's the Warriors versus the Raiders. The smart money at Mount Smart will Oof. be on Canberra. That's terrible. Uh, Sorry. Uh, AH has picked the Raiders as well. Oof, I really want to pick the Warriors there at home. What do you think? Should I do it? Yeah, why not? Well, you just, want, you just want to catch up to me. You've that's why. got a buffer. I have so much of a buffer, it's ridiculous. Uh, the final game, Sunday afternoon, Leichhardt Oval. It's the Tigers versus Manly back at the hallowed ground. I know. I love doing this show, but it is sort of <laughs> crimping my ability to get to the, the sacred temple that is like Oval. Okay, that's enough. So I won't be able to uh, <laughs> supplicate and worship a superb Tigers victory over a Manly who will be complacent after their demolition of the Roosters. Meanwhile, you'll be sitting here worshipping my comedic skills while we prepare for the show. Mm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> AH, AH has picked Manly. I will also be going for the Manly boys. That is around. Let's look at the scores first, right? Now, uh, it's Drawed back up on second place. A.H. Cayley and Chris Gale tied for second again on 97 points. Ding-dong battle. Ooh, ding-dong battle. A.H. should have the best round this week. Well done. And, uh, mate, guys, it is getting brutal. Now, five points ahead on 102 points. It's yours truly. Wow. As, as we said, the noise that keeps Mitchell Pierce awake at night. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan Thurston. <laughs> what a nice guy. I think, I guess you could call me the rugby league oracle of the radio show, guys. You could, but we won't. <laughs> that is another week of Just the Tip. DJ Felix, hit me one time. That's how I play Just the Tip. The footy finishes here. The back row on Triple M. Please don't put your hands in the life of a rock and roll band. Smooth, Chris. I had my lighter out that whole second half of that song. It's too late. Back in the 80s, it's I put the... fire hazard. <laughs> Again, it's unsafe. It's like smoking the peace pipe talk with about my lighter Oliola. It's not safe and good for your health. Talk about the song or my lighter? I put my hands in the life of a rock and roll band in the 80s. That was Midnight Oil, and they're coming back to save me later this year. I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees, Chris Gale. And isn't it true... Beautiful quoting there. Basically, it's a great song. Isn't it true that the recent announcement that Liam Gallagher's coming out with a solo album means the reunion is obviously going to happen next uh, year? Well, they just reunite already? Jeez. I'm gonna, sick of these solo albums. I'm, I'm calling it here. It'll be a dual reunion. ABBA and Oasis <laughs> on the same stage. Mamma mia. Oh, ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> Look back in ABBA. That'll be what cool. Headlines. Look back in ABBA. You're on the back row on Triple M. You're with Chris Gale. Andrew Rose, you're over here. How are you doing, my friend? 
Good, thank you, sir. It's uh, it's craziness here in Triple M tonight. There's a lot of technological things going on with people that are way too uh, way more uh, expert at these things than I am. But DJ Felix is, uh, is is cluing us in where we need to be clued in. <laughs> he keeps looking us over and saying, "What's this flashing light mean?" And with a sort of a yeah, I, I, barely I, contained sense of panic. I skip a breath every time he goes quiet and goes, "That's not supposed to happen." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, the two words you hate to hear when you're live on air. And of course, the words "oh dear" were what Laurie Daly uttered with about ten minutes to go after Origin Three. Ten minutes. And famously, he's only just reappeared after a 19-day absence, uh, bobbing up on NRL 360 to answer the hard questions from Triple M's own Paul Kent All right. and Ben Eichen earlier during the week. Did you have a stroke just now? Yeah, that's pretty... <laughs> We, maybe you need to go away for 17 days. We did lose the father-son cat fight, and yeah, it's we just did. starting to ripple through. So you're saying Laurie Daly disappeared after Origin, and he's just now resurfaced. He went to an island. Oh, okay. He went to look into his soul, and he came up with a couple of very interesting revelations on Monday night. Okay. First of all, he learned about Dugerson going down to the Lennox Point Hotel for a few beers. Just now? And the Joker draw. And I'd love anyone to explain to me, one triple three five three what the Joker draw is at a pub, because I haven't been able to establish that. Did the draw Heath Legg? Yeah, but yeah, he basically he learned he learned about Dugerson and the beers later than anybody. Right. But the other thing I want to talk about because we've had a bit of a Clemmer flavour to what we've been talking about tonight mm. is it was well known that Clemmer was told that he was starting Game Three, right? And then Laurie changed that decision and Fafita started Game Three, right? And he revealed what happened to a degree. He said, "I inst- I went to David and said, David, you're starting." He said, "Thank you very much, Coach Daly. I appreciate that." Right. And then he went and talked to Andrew and he said, the contents of that conversation will remain confidential. Right. But he said, in the course of that conversation where I didn't mention the fact that, Andrew, you're going to be put back on the bench. Yeah, of course. It occurred to Laurie that Andrew better stay starting. <laughs> and then he went back to Clem and said, I'm sorry, you're no longer starting. Now, there's a bit of a management 101 thing going on here. Right. right? Mm. Is when you have five candidates that you want to pick for the job and you rank them one through five, mm. you generally ask candidate one first. Would you like the job? Yes. You don't go to candidate two and saying, if the first guy rejects me, I'm going to give you the job. It doesn't really work that way. I think he got it round the wrong way. I think he should have spoken to Andrew first before Clem. But what do you think... Andrew was saying that convinced Laurie that he should change his mind. Oh, what, what do you think Andrew was saying? That I mean, what, what did he, how did he butter up Laurie? Well, no, what was he revealing during the course of that conversation? Something like, I've family have paid a lot of money, I've got 100 tickets for this game. Yeah, there's 100, <laughs> there's 100 Fafitas out there in the crowd that want to see me start. I don't know, does, does he want to start, though? I thought he was a better off-the-bench player anyways. No, well, Laurie reached that conclusion, and... It makes me wonder, do people make good decisions before they go on the island? Right. And do they make good decisions having been on the island? Right. Okay. Well, let's, I mean, that's a, that's a good segue, Chris, because we should be talking about the hit show that has replaced Australian Ninja Warrior now that it's gone off our television. I'm bereft with that Ninja Warrior. It, it is weird, wasn't it? Empty. That was a whirlwind relationship this country just had with Ninja Warrior. Four weeks. That's about the average of my relationships. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky to go into extra time. Yeah, week five is called extra time. Those <laughs> Golden point. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, uh, we had to fill that void and... Survivor has come back, and I, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if Laurie Daly was on that island because that island is a mess right now. <laughs> that would have been upsetting if, if he went to the island 
to look deeply into his soul and suddenly this big Channel 10 production crew <laughs> yeah. came looming up over the horizon. But look, I don't watch Survivor. You know why I don't watch Survivor? Why is that? Well, I watch reality shows that I can relate to. Big Brother, for those who remember it. Best show ever made. I can see myself living in a share house and solving problems with people. Absolutely. You and I need to get on Big Brother one day. The Bachelor. I can see 25 women wanted to date me simultaneously. Well, one of us can. Rel- yeah. <laughs> but I'm never going to get myself stranded on a tropical island with or without Laurie Daly. Why not? Why wouldn't you do Survivor, Chris? I organise my life to avoid being stranded on a tropical island. Oh, well, okay. That's a, that's a fair way to live your life. Can I give you my quick synopsis of this season so far? I know you're going to. I've watched every episode so far. These people are mental, right? They're, they're insane people. They, they, are, they are young people that have no idea what's going on. What about Tarzan? I've seen the ads. He doesn't look that young. Okay, there is a couple of old people, but they're ostracized from the groups, right? It's like school. Quite right. right. And the show, I, I think there's something to this Survivor only being four weeks long. I think a lot of the shows now are being hurried up. Are you telling me Survivor's only oh, going to be another short Sorry, one? Ninja Warrior. Ninja oh, Warrior right. was only four weeks right. long. This Survivor season... Because, I mean, four weeks. I mean, that's hardly surviving. No, look... That's... I could survive in four weeks. <laughs> no, I just think the shows... All these shows are being abbreviated and hurried up a little bit because... It's the ADD world we live in, Andrew. Man, like, they, they, they got on the show and literally a day later, they're already making allegiances and stuff. They haven't even had the first vote and people are getting angry at other people on the island for flipping from groups. You don't have an allegiance until you've done an official vote, guys. You can't flip on a group that you've just started. It's mayhem, and they're all children, and they're fighting ridiculously. It's a nightmare, and I almost pulled out. The first episode I watched, 15 minutes, and I'm like, I can't do this. These people are insane. And then they had the first physical challenge. There's this one game they've got on Survivor that is amazing. It could be the greatest game in Australian Australian history. It is essentially... Two people standing on this stage with a hand on a tree trunk. They say, go. You both have to run off a hand off the tree trunk. You have to slide down a water slide. And at the bottom of the water slide is just sand and a footy ball. You grab the footy ball. You've got to get through the sand and place it into your square for your team. And there's just one-on-one challenges. And everyone just pairs up with someone from the other tribe on the island. And it's just slidey tackle fun game. And it's the most simple effective thing and it was hilarious right. all of a sudden all these characters are sold to me they're ripping off each other's right. pants trying to get to this ball it is hilarious we were losing our minds watching that one that one competition brought me back into the show when you get them into the like the conniving uh, are you on my side or not it is awful but you get them into that one water slidey tackle run through the sand game the whole show should just be that maybe it's the fall off from ninja warrior well, what's really interesting what you say there is it looks like the nrl could learn something from survivor i mm. think an nrl version of survivor with des hasler watching the slidey tackle fun football game oh. could improve the bulldogs no end okay so des so like des is the host des is the host and then we've got laurie daly there we've got fafita we've got clemmer we've got all of them there on the island starving <laughs> and, and that fan who went in and told to clemmer you could use an offload <laughs> On Triple M, this is the back row. Well, the Hoodoo Gurus, bittersweet. Dave Faulkner, a massive Cronulla Sharks fan, so yes. he'd be hurting today, mm. but probably reliving the joy of 2016. You're on the back row with Chris and Rose. We're going to investigate in the upcoming segment that refs are people too, but AH, she's a person too, and we're missing her. Yeah, I think she's skydiving in Nepal, right? Or have I got that wrong? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's either that or she's home unwell. <laughs> 
as a result of the Dragons being pipped at the post by the South Sydney Bunnies. Sure. It seems to be the newest rival in, rivalry in rugby league at the moment. There's a lot of enmity between the Canberra Raiders and the Cronulla Sharks, and it was on full display again yesterday down there at Shark Park. Yes, they certainly SCG. were. SCG. Our SCG. They certainly were selling it before the game. I tell you what, Foxtel were really the modern rivalry, the new rivalry. They're really trying to sell that competition. Yeah. And it's interesting because it continued a streak of the away team winning. That's a thing between these two teams, yeah. right? I think the streak is now 37 games. I might be wrong on that, but it feels like it's that significant. <laughs> that's quite a streak. That, that's quite a streak, Chris. It's been going on for a long time. So can we, can we try and pinpoint where the origin of this Sharks-Raiders new rivalry came from? Because I think it was when Ennis did the, the, the Viking clap back at the Raiders fans a couple of years back, right? Yeah, that didn't help matters. It didn't help. But yeah, you, that was last season, I think. But it, oh, right. Right, last season, but, sorry. It, but it stretches back to there's been an ongoing thing which I alluded to in the previous hour when I was doing the back wrap about Papali and Gallon don't care for each other. No, they don't. Now we're going to be on Gal's side because he's a great contributor here at Triple M. Yeah, that's right. But I do like the name Papali though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a nice drink I'd get. Yeah. Can I get two mojitos and a Papali, <laughs> thanks? <laughs> Papali, hold the garbage, in yeah. other words. No fruit. Would you like lime with that? <laughs> <laughs> lime and lemon Papali. Oh, yeah. That's a new t- flavor sensation. <laughs> no, there's been a lot of back play sort of, you know, grabby stuff. And as I said, sort of um, somewhat ironically, Gallon felt a little bit lost without Papali on the field when he was put in the bin for not allowing the 10. Yep. And then came through with a head high tackle. But, <laughs> uh, and it's continued uh, ever since. As a result of 2016, uh, Canberra did probably the worst insults a Cronulla could do, which was hand them Edric Lee, who <laughs> bombed a couple of tries in the playoffs last year and uh, is now uh, playing his trade with the Jets. But I've got a lot of faith in Edric. I think he'll be able to come back. Yeah, it's a cool name, Edric. I tell you, there was an absolutely fantastic moment in the game last night where Canberra were wrestling the ascendancy off the Sharks. This was in the 34th minute. Right. Now, as we've learned recently, it's Jordan Rapana, not Ra- Rapana. Really? Yeah, so okay. his combination on the right edge with Joey Lailua has to be Lepana, not Lepana. <laughs> which I always said, Lepana sounds like a brand of toothpaste. And <laughs> I'm not sure where we're going with Lepana, but he did a beautiful cutout pass to Rapana, who scored in the corner. Great in the background, former Dragons coach Stephen Price, now assistant for the Sharks and running the water, abused his water bottle in disgust. Did he? (laughs) And it continued in the post-match press conference where Shane Flanagan said, the lady down the corner shot would have known Leilua would have passed to Rapana. And uh, I think that her review... We have on audio what she thought about the Sharks' defence in that particular case. Felix, that's you, Felix. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's beautiful. The, the one one part of the job I actually need. <laughs> it's just a shame the refs ruined it. Oh, no, no. That's, uh, a, that's a different Felix. time, Felix. That's Felix. all right. We'll come back to it. it, it. <laughs> Had it worked seamlessly, as so much of this show doesn't seem to, it would have been embarrassing and incompetent. And we would have said, well, that lady at the shop, of course, her name is Mary McGregor. Oh, man. Felix's face right then when you looked at him no, and he I, just didn't know what to do. I think that's our fault. I don't think. I think he asked me, was there any audio? And I said, no, didn't I, Felix? I think he was trying to figure out whether yeah. it was Lay Lua or yeah. Lay Parna. Yeah. Or... <laughs> but if you can get the grab, we can apply it to ourselves, not just the Cronulla defence. Embarrassing and incompetent. There you go. <laughs> it's more about us now. I like <laughs> that's that's the lady down at the corner shop. You're listening to Chris and Rose on the back row, where where some live A would really come in handy from the eighties. The back row on Triple M. Power chords. The back row. You're here with Chris Gale 
Andrew Rose, A.H. Kaylee, unwell, but I feel that she'll be back joining us next week. Speaking of that song, Revolution Radio, it sounds a little bit like our last break. That was revolutionary radio that we just did right there. We're going through some technological change. I really like to throw all the cards up in the air occasionally. Gotta my be honest, fault. It was my fault. I've got to be honest. I love radio when that happens because it, there's so much <laughs> going on. You've got a lot to love then. <laughs> there's so much going on in this studio and the look on both of your faces when that audio didn't play at the right time. <laughs> I'll never forget it, guys. Thank you both for that. That was beautiful. Chris? Uh, my pleasure, Andrew. Um, look, we're here in Retro Round, so keep listening to your wireless because Perfect Match isn't on until tomorrow night. Oh, going to the board. And we've been alluding to something that's really resonated in the general rugby league public, and that is that referees are people too. Mm. James Graham put this on the table last week, and it's really led to a lot of support and a lot of encouragement for, let's face it, a bunch of people who, you know, men and women who have a tough job to do. Yeah. And if we're looking at milestones, looking back at the 80s, I think it's really important that we acknowledge the great Gavin Badger. Yes. Who registered his 300th game today, as I said, and blew his whistle 300 times, mainly against the Tigers, <laughs> but that's just me being bitter. He's only the fifth referee, Rose, who's actually hit the 300 game mark. Only the third. Fifth. Oh, fifth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why did I say Because you're not listening to me. No, because you said 300 after it. All right. Yeah, it's confusing. Re- Revolution radio, yeah, fifth, guys. 300. <laughs> and, and you think about all the players, and hopefully Gal gets to make 300 for the Sharks yes. next week. Yes. Many more players than refs have done it, which is interesting when you consider the physical cost of being an NRL player. Yeah. And obviously referees, I think they, they cop a, a lot of criticism. People get jack of it. I think they cop more of an emotional toll, don't no, they? I think so. But uh, Badge hasn't ruled out the fact that he might go after the record, which is the great Billy Harrigan. There's a lot of greats here, aren't there? Yeah. Uh, the tremendous Triple M Bill Harrigan, who has yes. 393 games. Right. Okay. Though, though the badge says he'd probably be having to turn 50 if he wants to get the record. Right. And rather poetically, he said, maybe I'd equal the record and then retire like Mark Taylor oh, did. Oh, like Tubby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with Bradburn's 334. I didn't like that. Never stop Matthew Hayden. <laughs> <laughs> Against Zimbabwe. <laughs> Come on now, Matty Hayden. You should be ashamed of yourself. Rude. But look, despite all this veneration of the referees, we've still got our latest candidate from Coach's Corner mm-hmm. who thinks that the referees are costing them the game. Despite all those injuries, Paul Green from the North Queensland Cowboys had this to say. Probably the back row. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a sh- shame the refs ruined it because um, that was the worst bloody refereeing display I've ever seen tonight um, against two really good teams. Um, there were some dead set calls out there that I, could, I, I had to ask my assistants what that was for, and I just felt it lacked consistency. Now, I'm not one to ever shift the blame away from a performance. Sounds to me like you are, Paul. <laughs> Sounds like he's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> Poor old Ashley Klein and Alan Shortall were given the short end of the stick from Paul Green, and I don't, I don't like it. I'm really on this referees of people too, bandwagon. Where do you sit, Rose? I am so... Sick and tired of this whinging about the refs. It was tricky, Ricky, last week. I just, they all sound the same. And they're always on the losing end of a game when they have to say this. Like you said, the Cleary wasn't last week talking down the refs after winning by 20 points. You should be ashamed, Paul Green. Gavin Badger, the badge, we salute you. You're on the back row with Chris Scale, Andrew Rose, A.H. Cayley on the comeback trail will be joining us next week. We're feeling a little groggy as we hit the end of the show. In fact, we're nearly as groggy as Ellery Hanley was after he was capriciously taken out by Bar Lamb in the 88 grand final. You have, a, you have a look at the video. He was off his feet, Terry Lamb. <laughs> Terrible. It's time for that favourite segment, Back Rower of the Week. 
Back rower of the week. I'm so confused. I don't know what time it is. <laughs> it's back rower of the week where we put someone from the world into our own personal back row. Chris, you want to start? You want me to go first? I'd like you to go first, Andrew. You'd like me to go first? Well, I, I wanted to put my back row of the week uh, as the great uh, Australian wrestler Robbie Eagles. I'm wearing his shirt right now. I, I can confirm that. Yes, I, I, I went to hear the PWA show on Friday night and watched him fight the great Will Ospreay in UK for the title. But I'm not going to talk about that now because I've already made him my back rower once this season and we are going to do a little bit of a podcast extra talking about my experience at the PWA wrestling show which people can get on the iTunes correct that's good I'll ask you there where it is related to Lauren Eagles on the podcast extra (laughs) okay okay fair enough okay well my back row of the week then because I can't do Robbie is going to be Steve Bartman is is, is, do you know who Steve Bartman is I do know who Steve Bartman is would you like to fill the listeners in on who Steve Bartman is I think you could but I know it's got something to do with baseball and the Chicago Cubs well I don't know the exact details years and all that stuff you're better at that stuff but Steve Bartman was the famous uh, Chicago Cubs fan who's who got in the way of the fly ball that cost them the World Series back in the day. And since then, there's been a talk of a curse on the Cubs. And, and, and this young Bartman guy has always been kind of given that uh, role as the guy who spoiled the World Series for the Cubs. Fast forward to last year and, and, the, and the unthinkable happened. The Chicago Cubs won a World Series. They did. And they've now decided to give Steve Bartman a 2016 Chicago Cubs World Series championship ring for five Finally breaking the curse. That's so good of them after he suffered a decade of continuous abuse from Cubs fans. Ostracized. It takes, it takes a win before they actually do the right thing. He had a, buzz, a baseball, a mini baseball field in his backyard. He used to train all the kids in the local area who's kicked out of the suburb because the Cubs didn't win the World Series. The poor man has been basically in baseball jail for the last decade. They've brought him out. The Cubs have win. Good on you, mate. You're my back row of the week. Steve Bartman. Thanks, Rose. I've got two back rowers this week. Keep I've me. got Vaka Tuitupu Sima, who's the kid <laughs> in the under-8s Canterbury Rugby League who's been a bit of a viral sensation this week because he's a little bit larger than he's... Massive. Yeah, he's a big boy. Huge. So it's opened up this whole debate about weight and age and how you get uh, nah. like with like in rugby league. Yep. And the sad news was that at the moment he's not playing footy because of this and I really hope that they find a way to solve this. Yes. Nice touch from the Bulldogs. Uh, Josh Reynolds presented him with a jersey during the week. Yeah. And Vaka, I hope you get back on the park soon to play the game that you clearly love. Mm, that name needs to be in NRL. Yeah, I'll go again. Vaka Tuitupu Sima. Mr. Johnson, I'm sorry you have Vaka Tuitupu Sima. Um, the Papali's already at the bar. <laughs> And my other back row of the week, of course, this is just a no-brainer. It is the Peter Associate Director of Campaigns, Ashley Fruno, who has come out outraged about the treatment of the pigs on the episode of The Bachelor this week. And right. Triple M's Jackie Kozolki runs a magnificent podcast called Batchy for Blokes. And they so good. cover this in great detail, but there was a, a task where the aspiring ladies had to capture physically pigs with their own hands in order to advance in a medieval yeah, challenge. It was, great. it was a battle for second place. See, the, the bachelor was off kissing one of the great girls and all the rest of them were just in outfits trying to catch pigs. It was it's, amazing. It's been an animal-themed show. And Ashley had this to say, pinning down piglets to win a date is ridiculous and hardly romantic. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's hardly like a lot of my dates. Anyway, but he said pigs are intelligent, curious, sensitive animals who can recognise their own names. Thanks for that. Says, Love being... It sounds like you so far. And can even learn to play video games. What do you see pigs as being? My new best mate, apparently. Call of Duty? Are they first-person shooters? Yeah, or? I don't know. They don't have the hooves have the reaction time for a first-person shooter. Maybe they're more strategy. They're pigs. <laughs> they're like a strategy game or maybe a team play game. They've been Nintendo Switch guys, those pigs. Yeah, I can't see them playing platformers like Super Mario or anything like that. No, Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah. Let me but, Mario Kart. But look, actually, thanks for speaking up at the pigs. Somebody had to. <laughs> That's pretty much it for us, Rose. Any final thoughts? 
I'm, I'm excited to have AH back. I wish her all the best. You know, we miss her when she's not here. She's a good egg. And we'll have a papali waiting for her with the fruit. We won't be holding the garbage. Full papali. You've been listening to the Back Row Catch-Up. Hear it live on Triple M Sydney, Sunday night, right after the footy.